Welcome to the Healthcare Business Secrets Show, where we interview industry leaders who are dominating their markets and really crack the code on exactly what they're doing to reach more people, generate more revenue, and create freedom for themselves so you can do the exact same thing. In today's episode, we are speaking with Aaron Day. Aaron is the guy behind the uber-popular website, food blog, and YouTube channel for Fat for Weight Loss. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thanks for having me on, James, and uh, thanks for everyone who's listening. Yeah, well, to start off, I really kind of wanted to jump straight into why I got you on the show. And you're all over YouTube and Instagram, and you have programs and guides and a lot of content out there, uh, and there's a lot of engagement, which is amazing. And what our listeners want to know is how are you doing so well with this? Because so many people struggle with trying to create influence in a community and create resources and things like that. And what is different about what you're doing and the kind of results you're seeing in your business compared to others who have, have tried to do it? So give me a little bit of breakdown exactly on kind of what you do with your online channels and what kind of results are you seeing in your business? Yeah, cool. So I guess there's probably two questions in there. I'll answer the first one, <laughs> the engagement and, and the content and stuff. So I, I started this online business probably about four months ago, I think. And during that time, you know, I was uh, creating recipes. I could see that there was a bit of a hole in the market. The ketogenic diet wasn't as prevalent. And so I just started creating my own recipes. And from like, I had no idea how to cook yeah. about six years ago. Yeah. Uh, and I've gotten to the point where now I'm a fully published author. And, and yeah. uh, in that process, there was a lot of trial and error. So a lot of doing recipes, a lot of, you know, talking to people. What do people need to implement a ketogenic diet in their own life? And so, yeah. you know, part of that was recipes. Part of that was, you know, helpful guides like food lists and things like that. Yeah. So I broke all of that content down and created really simple, free content for people to download and use. And then I looked back at that content and I said, okay, which, which content's working well, which stuff's not, get rid of the stuff that doesn't, focus 10 times more on the stuff that is and grow that. Let's dive on that for a minute. I think that what's interesting is you've kind of self-admitted, hey, I, I know some stuff, but I'm not necessarily like the God at doing this. And by finding that information and going, how do I solve problems for others who I'm slightly ahead of where they're at and I want to be that leader and draw them forward and I'm going to make resources. And then by doing so, you've upskilled and now you've got to the point where you're a published author and, you know, uh, kind of a big deal, right? And I think that's interesting. A lot of people think I have to be this amazing expert and the best, and then I'm going to do some stuff. Whereas I take the approach, and, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like you have too. Where it's like I know some stuff a bit more than the person I'm trying to help, and maybe a lot more in some cases. And I'm just going to expand on that because I want to help them more. And so I'm going to go and learn and find more stuff and go and do that. And by doing that, you're familiarizing yourself with the content, which is increasing your expertise. Does that kind of sound right? Oh, definitely. You know, yeah. I think um, helping people along the way, you can see exactly where they are because you've been there yourself yeah. and you know some of the things that helped you get out of that mentality or maybe out of that process or out of that block that was, you know, a lot of people looking into the ketogenic diet, they go, well, oh, I'm never going to be able to eat carbs again. And you go, well, if you look at it where I can now yeah. eat all of the awesome healthy foods that isn't carbohydrates, <laughs> there's just a bit of a different mentality there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I mean, as uh, I always have the mentality of like ready, fire, aim. And yeah. you need to have action along with the knowledge that you have. If you do not have action then the knowledge that you have becomes stale and unused and, and useless because you can read as many books as you, as you like. But if you're not implementing the stuff that you read in those books or in those courses or whatever you're doing, yeah, 100%. then it just gets old and uh, you fall behind. And so you've got to always be on top. Yeah, 100%. So 
looking at it from a business model, what's this been able to do for you? Because what's your background? You're a nutritionist, right? No. So I was a musician. I was a musician for a very long time, musician for 10 years. And then I became a software developer. And then I moved into the world of nutrition. So, but through all of those different career jumps, I guess, there was always creativity. There was always creative motives underneath what I was doing. I grew up with uh, parents who were uh, nutritionists and naturopaths and things like that. But, uh, you know, I also grew up in a a household where my dad owns his own business. And so there was sort of those those two interconnected. And uh, yeah, so for me, I was able to connect you know, nutrition and business in a way that maybe uh, other people around me yeah. uh, hadn't. I think that the point I want to make with this is like when you spend so long focusing on the practice and you're the practitioner and you've done the degrees and you've learned lots of stuff, often it then clouds our judgment around the business aspect to it. And so I see this a lot where people have a skill set and then they go out there and they problem solve and get the answers that their clients need to get results. And if they're not getting results or it's difficult or whatever, they go and find more solutions and keep giving that to clients. And then often they have the biggest, most functional businesses because they're not so focused on the specifics of the knowledge and the application of that. And they're focused on solving the problem for the person in front of them. So that's really interesting that, and I wouldn't necessarily have picked it from your journey because the the content's so good in its application, but also how it polished it is. Uh, But that's really comes from trial and error to an extent, right? It's come from taking things outside the box and saying, how am I going to solve problems for people and get them results, right? I like that. Yeah. A lot of listeners are really focused and really good at what they do, but it's like, how do I branch out and actually turn this into an effective business? And you've come from the other side. Like, I just like this stuff and I want to make a business out of it. And so you haven't overthought it as much. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of the people who go through and uh, do a degree and then, you know, try and get a job in that particular business, it can be really hard because you're effectively starting from zero. And Mm. uh, just because you have a degree doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And then the the second thought is like, well, maybe I should go back and do my master's because if I have more knowledge, then I'll be able to help more clients. But in fact, you actually need to figure out what your clients want. And, you know, for a lot of people who work in this industry, they, they tend to talk to clients, but they, they don't know what the audience wants from social media. They don't know yeah. what the audience wants from YouTube, those types of things. So what I do is I send out you know, every six months an email saying, hey, what is your biggest struggle? What is something yeah. that I can help you solve? And then I categorize that and say, okay, are they struggling with cravings? Are they struggling with commitment? Are they struggling with... Um, you know, information or what is that? And then I create content around that. And then hopefully that content helps bring more clients to me uh, and more potential customers because I'm helping solve their issue. I'm not projecting yeah. my own problems and, and issues that I have with the ketogenic on those yeah. people. Yeah. You use a lot of sort of what we'd call lead magnets, right? PDF resources, etc., that are able to give value to people, but then also draw them deeper and speak to how effective that's been because a lot of people try and try and make these things and they just miss the mark and it's like no one downloads it no one cares no one takes action so what do you think it what do you think's needed to make resources effective for the client uh, or the potential client and also effective for you because we don't want to just be spending a whole lot of time making a bunch of stuff that doesn't return on the investment right so with your meal plans things like that what's the process that you go through to i know you kind of touched on that right what do they need most and then I go and create it but what's your process for actually nailing the ideal resource that's going to give value, but also build intrigue and get them to take action with you. Yeah, cool. Okay, so um, 
when I first started, I had this, uh, you know, crazy idea that I'd be able to create meal plans. Um, and I really wanted to do that. And that was, that was fantastic. And I would make these, you know, really horrible meal plans and people would follow it somehow. (laughs) Um, you know, I think uh, the process in which I, I thought about doing this is that you have to have a product that you are pushing your clients towards, whether that's coaching, whether that's, a meal plan course, whether that's a book that you're trying to sell, whatever that is. And then your free content should be the first step that they need to take in order to yeah. become one of your clients and utilize the information. So for instance, the meal plans, you know, you can do this in a good way or a bad way. I chose the bad way first, um, but you only learn by doing it. <laughs> and the bad way was, is that I have an eight week meal plan course, right? And I gave them that first week for free. And I did a YouTube video on it and it's had like, I think it's had nearly 2 million views now, which is fantastic. But people just keep repeating that first week because there was so much awesome content in there. And, you know, probably because it's done so well, they feel like they don't need the next eight weeks because that first week was awesome. Like, thanks, Aaron. I'll see you later. So don't create content like that. (laughs) Well, can can I ask, um, because a lot of people are concerned that if I give away too much stuff, people won't need me. And my position is always, you can't give away too much stuff because there's always going to be an element of now I want you to help me with it. I want you to help me customize it. I want you to help me implement it. And some people will get results, but others need more. So what do you think, what do you think is stopping people in this case from going further? Is it that it felt like a succinct loop and it's like, I got the information and and now I don't need it. Did they get too good a results? What do you think that is? Because in my mind, I'm seeing it as Let's give them something that puts them on a path to get to the next thing, to get to the next thing. Not that they need it, right? It's not like I'm baiting them in and not giving them anything, but I'm giving them something where they clearly see, hey, I, I want that next thing. I see the out- potential outcomes of that next thing. So what do you think it hasn't worked so well for you? So in that process, I forgot about the journey that people go towards to you know fit that into their lifestyle. So mm-hmm. I learned from that process by not giving them just you know one chunk of the thing that is going to really help them because for instance, with a eight week meal plan, you just have eight weeks worth of the same stuff that you put out, which is fantastic. You know, really great mm-hmm. for those people who need that. And there's definitely been some sales that have generated from that, but I took a different approach the next time I did this and I created yeah. what's called the five day carb cleanse. And basically what that does is what was the, the main issue that people were trying to solve by uh, going keto, right? They wanted to reduce their amount of carbohydrates. They wanted to reduce inflammation. They wanted to you know, do all these you know, fantastic things that the ketogenic diet could potentially do. But I found that when, as soon as people started the ketogenic diet, they would instantly crave carbs. Yeah. The thing that they weren't allowed to eat, they would just crave. So yeah. with that, it doesn't make sense for someone who's craving carbs like crazy to then go and do an eight-week meal plan that that just doesn't address carb cravings at all. So what yeah. I did was I created the five-day carb cleanse where you know, I got them to put all of the carbs that they crave and put it in a cardboard box and put that cardboard box in the shed or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you know, just those really simple like tiny things that they need to do in order to take that first step and say, hey, I really uh, enjoy Aaron's content. I really enjoyed that five days of content. What happens if I then go and say, like, let's start this ketogenic journey? Like, what was that first step that they needed to do to then start their ketogenic journey? And that was the five-day carb cleanse. And that worked really well for me. Yeah. I think because I I have a book, right? And in the book, I make 
offers when people buy the book of other things that they can use. We call them upsells. And the reason we put in upsells is to add value and make the funnel process more profitable. In the concept of creating upsells, let's say someone buys a meal plan. You can't then upsell them a meal plan because even if it's a better meal plan, they're not going to take it because they've ticked it off in their head like, yep, cool, got that. And it's kind of like when people buy gym tights and gym shoes and they buy a gym membership and they think, great, I'm going to get super fit, lose heaps of weight, whatever. And they never go to the gym. And it's because they've ticked it off in their head, like problem solved because their brain just needs to feel like they've done something for it. And I think that's what you're talking about in this. I think that when we create these resources, it shouldn't be tick the box. It should be a step in the process. So to get to the next level, I take the next step and I'm encouraged to go towards that next step. It's not so vague that it doesn't give them anything, but it's not so all encompassing that they feel like they can just tick it off. Because of course, for example, if you're trying to grow a practice, you need more clients. But if you feel like that's all you need, and you just tick the box. You don't ever get to where you want to be. And this is why there's so many people that are unhappy with diets and uh, courses they got and things like that was because they didn't get what they needed to get the results. They got what they wanted and rarely is what we want, what we need. So they need to have a, a step in that process and your lead magic bridges the gap between the content that they're consuming and then your program. So speak to how your content ties into that because the way that I see it is, you know, people have heard the concept of a funnel. The content is at the surface. It's scratching an itch. It's drawing people in. That's the cold kind of skeptical people and a little bit of the warm people. And then as it draws them down, you're making them offers to take further action and go further down the rabbit hole and solve more of the itch until they hand over money and you solve the problem. So for you, how, how do you plan your content around sort of those concepts, if at all, and link it back into your guides and then link it back into programs? Do you think about it at a high level or do you just kind of make stuff? How does it typically work for you? No, so um, I, I actually started thinking about that from day one. So when I understood that for me, like desserts and, you know, all of the carb replacements uh, on the ketogenic diet was something that people didn't have a good grasp of. Like everyone knows how to cook steak, mm. right? Well, most people yeah. know how to cook steak. <laughs> um, no one knows how to make keto bread. No one knows how to make keto cheesecake, those types of things. So those recipes on my website are awesome because they they generate a lot of viewers. They, they have just a lot of eyeballs on those. Yeah. Um, and then when they land on that page, for instance, a keto dessert, they land on that page and they get a pop-up and say, hey, would you like a few more recipes in this category? Like I've got a, a free keto desserts book that is awesome. It contains all of the, the best recipes that I have on my website. Yeah, mm-hmm. You can have this, you can print that out, you can download it for free. That's awesome. And they, they sign up for that and they get that. Yeah. Then along the way, you know, the, the next email might be, you know, how did you go creating those recipes? And they go, hmm, yeah, I made the one, but I, I, I didn't make any, any more. But the one was really good. Like that, that yeah. one recipe I made was really good. And I pushed them into uh, the keto desserts book, like the physical book that I have. And I say, look, if, if you thought that dessert was really good because you've got yeah. their buy-in then and they've, you've mm-hmm. got their trust, the rest of the recipes that I make in this book are of that same quality and they're awesome. And the amount of people yeah. that go, yep, no worries, done, order is is phenomenal. And the same thing with the meal plans. Like it depends on whether some people want a meal plan course where they want to watch the videos and things like mm-hmm. that or they just need a book. And I've got a book that has eight weeks worth of meal plans in it. Yeah, And yeah. people love it because they go, yep, 
tick, done. But yeah. um, whether they follow that or not is another thing. <laughs> Once we get someone to engage with us at a deeper level, so the first engagement is just observation. I'm, I'm spending time, right? Then once I've spent some time, it's easy to get them to spend more time, assuming you've given them value. The next thing is I'm going to give up something. So I'm going to an email address or a phone number and exchange. I'm going to join a group. And then it's I'm going to buy something. And so having these lined up like this, a mentor of mine, um, Taki Moore, taught me this concept of signposting. So everything that we have should be leading to something else that goes further down the rabbit hole or sideways. So it's kind of like I'm going forward, or I'm going sideways and then forward because not everything can a person just, you know, they're not going to go step, 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 and then give you 10 grand for a premium program, right? Sometimes it's step forward and sideways and then forward and then sideways, but ultimately you're trying to lead them down somewhere and some will fall off naturally. But if you've got the right processes in place, you can re-engage them with another front end piece of content or lead magnet and then put them down the channel again. But everything is designed to capture people who drop off and put them back in like this and then push people further down. Because as long as you are focused on solving problems that matter for people, Solving problems that they care about, which is a big one, because a lot of people, we, we see a problem, we're like, yeah, I can solve that, but the person doesn't care. So we're shoveling the stuff down their throat and they're like, dude, I don't want to buy this thing. Or I, don't, I don't care about this problem. I liken it to paint protection spray for a crappy Toyota Corolla that you don't care about. Like, I'm not going to buy your $500 paint spray. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah, but you need it. Look at your car. It's like, yeah, but I don't care about the car. So there's that. And then there's, yeah, what are they then willing to pay for? Because again, some people can have problems that, you know, they, they need to be solved. They know they need to solve it, but they're not willing to invest in it. So when we line those things up properly and we signpost it, it becomes easy for people to take action with us because it's obvious. Whereas most of the time people make random content, random guides. They're not really connected. They never really promote it. And then they think, oh, my website doesn't work. My social media doesn't work. I made a guide. I created a course. No one bought it. And it's like, yeah, because there's no pathway to be warmed up to take it. You're just trying to have sex with strangers, <laughs> right? You just go into someone yeah. random on the street and saying, Hey, do you want to come home? And, and it's like, no one's going to, no one's going to do that really. In their right <laughs> mind. So you, you have to have this warm up process and it has to be signposted to get them to take action. And that's why I wanted to get you on the show. Cause I loved what you were doing with that. Uh, I thought you were doing it really well with actually creating solutions for people. Do you find that creating small programs or creating larger programs or creating coaching or consulting? Where do you kind of lean towards and why? Um, yeah, good question. So that question in and of itself is is constantly evolving because you always have to yeah. pivot or you have to, uh, especially during these times, 2020 is the year of the pivot. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, so, so many people have had to, you know, make other options work. And, you know, I've recently done that, but you know, I started off with what I knew and what I knew how to create. So I started off with eBooks and that eBook created me enough money to then leave my full-time job. And I was able to leave my full-time job just by selling eBooks and just by having a website. Then I took the time out to create courses because that process was working. If that process didn't work, I would have you know pivoted and done something different because obviously the yeah. customer didn't want that. But, you know, I, I, used, I used that and then created courses on top of that. Now I'm using the money that I'm getting from books and courses and pivoting and using that to approach people one-on-one. -on -one. And that one-on-one -on -one process has been really eye-opening for me because, and I've done this for quite a while, but I've never mm. had as many clients as I have had now. Mm. And working with a broad spectrum of clients, you start to be able to see the areas that are consistent with most people. Where do people need the most help? 
obviously some people are different, but mostly those big areas that people need help with, you can help them with, but you have to do it in a bit of a systematic way. You can't keep getting one-on-one clients all the time. You need to have a bit of a system. And so I'm creating a course now that is based around my findings from personal one-on-one clients. And I'm then going to be able to say, look, instead of us doing a one-hour session, let's do a half-hour session because you've already watched the videos that I'm teaching Mm -hmm. you for this week. You've already got the concept. Then I can, you know, just have that amount of time to spend with you because, and, you know, you're more knowledgeable now in this point because you've been able to watch the videos, you get the idea, you just come to me for questions. Does that make sense? Oh, dude, I, I find this really funny. You've kind of gone outside in and everyone that I typically work with are going inside out. And what I mean by that is most of people that I work with are health professionals who have been in the industry for a long time. They've got big degrees and they're stuck in a path and they're trying to make this thing that they're doing work for everyone. And so when it's not, they don't necessarily pivot. They just keep going with it and try and change the marketing tactic, change the marketing tactic. And it's like, we actually need to look at what we're doing, the problems it solves, the results it generates, how that fits in with our ideal client. And if it's not working, change it. Because we're the only one who cares about our technical ability or our technique, chiropractor, osteopath, physical therapist, massage therapist. Like you could argue they all help people with back pain. So focusing on the way you want to do it versus the way that people are willing to receive it is important as well. Sometimes we need to completely change tract. Now I spend all day helping people to take their knowledge and turn it into programs and courses and eBooks and trainings and things to draw people in. And you've kind of started on the out and gone and gone eBook and then courses and now consulting, whereas my people predominantly have gone consulting outward. And so a big part of this, and I love what you said is, is like, let's take what I'm doing with my consulting clients. And I think this is pertinent for, for people listening is take what I'm doing with my consulting based clients and looking at how do I create leverage and systemize what I'm doing so that I can work with people at scale. Because the big problem with consulting is it's typically one-to-one. And even, for example, me as a chiropractor, uh, you know, I have multiple tables. Acupuncturists, uh, my clients do the same thing. They have multiple tables. It's still consulting. It's not leverage. Ultimately, there's only so many people you can see, so many you can charge, et cetera. So you're, you're capped. And so the only way to expand is horizontally by hiring additional practitioners to serve more of them or opening franchises, et cetera, which works. But another way, going more vertical, is to say, how do I work with this client but a hundred others who are exactly the same and deliver them all value and like I would with that one-on-one by realizing that, hey, most of the time, the problems, the desires, the frustrations, the solutions they need are actually very similar. And you can create programs and do group coaching and deliver amazing value and amazing results to people without having to be one-on-one and answer the same questions over and over again. And so the very first thing I say to people is instead of telling every single person to drink more water, why don't you make a video and email it to them the moment they join your practice that says drink more water. And then you can just say, Hey, have you been going through the educational series or the training videos or whatever, which has those things in it? Because those are, then your consulting just becomes the cherry on top to tweak, not to kind of manually do the work. You know what I mean? Like don't go and trim all of the grass with scissors, get a machine and then get someone to do it and automate it. And you can mow heaps of lawns labored analogy, but you get my point. And so I think that, I think that especially with what you're doing and, and, and if I can even offer some advice for you is focus on the solution that you want to provide for the problem to produce a result, 
map it, and then go and sell the crap out of it. And then when people say, yes, I'm willing to give you money for this thing, now, because you've got a framework in place, you haven't built anything yet, but you've got a framework in place. And this is how I teach it with my private clients. It's like map the process to go from A to B, create your marketing material for it, sell it, bring people in, and then build it week by week with the first uh, group of people. And then you've got the recordings. The next lot of people that you take through it, now you don't have to teach it again because it's already there. And you can just look for the gaps in your training and make it better and better and better over time. Because mm. too many people spend so much time making stuff that no one wants. And they spend three months making this amazing course. They go and sell it. No one cares. And you're like, oh, shit, what do I do now? <laughs> or they sell people into it and they go and do it. And then you realize, oh, hang on. This is not really the stuff they need to get the results that they kind of want. I, I assumed too many things. And so then the program doesn't work and then you're re-recording it anyway. And so by doing it this way, by selling first and building second, you are solving the immediate problems and producing the immediate results that they're looking for. And you're developing the method that works for this group of people rather than assuming uh, and then forcing it down their throat, which is what we do often as health professionals are saying, well, I'm a chiropractor and this is how I do it. And this is how I'm going to do it versus pivoting, like you said, and customizing that experience through. Is this making sense? I think it's good. Yeah. You know, I think there's, uh, there's a few things in there as well. When someone comes to you, you're an authority and as an authority, you know, you are able to tell them what to do in a systematic way. They're going to listen to you. But I would suggest and you know, make sure that you're not, not doing this is that the selling never stops. Once, you've, mm. once someone has bought a course from you, once someone has bought the, the coaching from you, you still have to get them to do what is necessary to, to make those, those changes because you don't want them to just tick that off in their head and say, look, bought the course, done. Now in eight weeks, I'm going to lose weight. Yeah. I hope that Aaron can get this done for me. <laughs> and you go, nah, <laughs> you've got to put yeah. in the work. And so the selling and the process and that stuff is even more important than the course or more important than the content anyway, because if you can't get them to do it, it doesn't matter how good your content is. Yeah. If it's too complicated, if it doesn't make sense, or if they feel like it's going to take too much time, then there's there's nothing in it for them. You want to be that shortcut between A and B. And so that shortcut... Yeah requires your knowledge and your authority to get them to do it. Step one, attract people. Step two, convert them. Step three, get compliance and retain them. You can be the world's leading expert in something super specific and be amazing. But if you can't get people to do it, then they're never going to get results. No one's going to know you exist and you're going to be broke and unhappy and not helping anybody. Whereas there's plenty of authorities in this space, Tony Robbins, Oprah, Dr. Oz, Dr. Phil, all of that, right? They're not necessarily the best, you could argue in some cases, but they are like technically the best, right? But they have the authority and they get people to follow through so they get more collective results than anybody else does. And so it's really about implementation and accountability and, and getting that follow through that's more important than than the polish. And so many people, and the example of this is making logos and websites. I get so frustrated. Yep. It's like no one cares. Like you're not Apple. My logo as an example, I just went into Google Docs, wrote my name, and then screenshotted it in a font that I liked. I'm like, cool, it's my logo. Boom. Yep. Because <laughs> no one knows, no one's looking at it, doesn't matter. I just had to have something on there because it otherwise looked weird. And so it's about just taking action yourself as the business owner and just doing stuff. And then with your clients, it's the same thing. So it doesn't have to be perfect. It just has to give them what they need to facilitate and get the results. And then your job is to coach and counsel them to take the actions that get them results. Because the majority of the clients that we work with, especially in a nutrition sense, right? But just in general, 
half the reason why they have the problems in the first place is because they don't follow through with the right things that they need to be doing that they could have just Googled. They could Google our stuff. They don't need you and your knowledge. They could have Googled it. But the reason they need it is because then they'll take action on it. Because it's not the knowledge, it's the insight and guidance and the facilitation that's key, not how polished the video looks. Or like just record it with your phone. You know what I mean? You don't need to have it fancy. It could be shaky. Yeah. As long as the audio is all right and the information is pretty good and you get them to take action on it, then they'll get results. 100%. 100%. Who have been three people that have been influential on you in this journey? Oh, good question. Um, Tim Ferriss was a, a, a big influence on me when I started because uh, I think it was the interview between him and Dr. Dominique D'Agostino that I was very interested in the ketogenic diet, specifically with like endurance training. And so I, uh, as a cyclist, I was going down that path and made all of the mistakes that my clients make now. And I, I did that. Um, a lot of my mentors, I guess, are from books or from online. I did hire a business coach at one point uh, and they were great, but I definitely think that I may have learnt more from books that I didn't implement properly <laughs> than I did from <laughs> the coaching in that respect. Um, but yeah. uh, let me try and think. Is there anyone you're reading or following right now? So I just read a really good book and it's, I think it's called Never Binge Again. It's by Dr. Glenn Livingston and his process is, is fantastic in the way that, so he's a, a psychologist and, but he gets into the minds of, you know, how to stop binge, in, binge eating. And, but that same framework could apply to someone who has a problem with online shopping or who has yeah. a problem with alcohol or, you know, drugs, those types of things. And so that's been interesting to take, you know, the inspiration from his framework and apply that to my clients. So that's been something that's been really awesome as well. There's another book that I'm reading at the moment, which is fantastic. And I'll bring it up right now. It is called Never Split the Difference. And it is by Chris Voss, who is uh, ex FBI agent. Yeah, and it's all about negotiation, because as a as a someone who coaches other people, there's a certain amount of negotiation, especially in the sales process, that you have to go through and you have to understand that will make your life easier. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and uh, you know th those are the the people that come to mind for me at the moment. But that tends to change as I you know mm. cycle through different influences and resources. And I've got Marion Voss uh, is a female cyclist, and I think that the work she's done in cycling has been absolutely amazing. Um, yeah, I think that and and what you said about business coaches, I think there's a lot of coaching that is not implementation like execution yep. focused. It's how are you feeling today? What are you working on? Let's make, you know, more content. Let's do this versus having an actual plan in place to say, just do these things. Cause from my perspective, there's no point in reinventing the wheel. If, if I want to build a successful practice, I'm going to find someone who's done it, replicate it with others. And they've got a process and I'm just going to follow the process because it's all. And I think that people sometimes forget that, Hey, you don't have to be massively different. Like it's okay to not be the new Facebook or the new Uber. It's okay to, to be number two, number three, or at least just modeling it because it's, unless you're trying to completely change everything, even then, like it's, it's like a pyramid. Fundamentally, 
there's a right way to run a business and there's not a right way. And then you just get progressively higher up until your pyramid is bigger than others and sticks out of the clouds. And so people recognize it as being unique, but fundamentally there's processes that work and processes that don't. And it's best to just find the process that has worked and follow it and then customize it as you go to fit with what you're trying to achieve. And a lot of people miss that. They try and be completely unique and coaches are notorious for just repurposing other people's stuff or just coaching people and not giving them step-by-step things to do. And I've always found that with my clients is like, here's the process, just go and do that first. And then when you want to go to the next level, then let's customize and strategize, but not at the start because you're overthinking it. It's like, I want to be a world-class sprinter. So I'm going to buy the pants. I'm going to buy the shoes. I'm going to look up all these videos online. It's like, no, dude, just go to the gym. Just start start working out, start training. Like you're far away from being the best in the world. So you just need to fundamentally just start running a bit because you don't run. You know what I mean? doesn't matter what shoes you're wearing. Just start running. So last question, Uh, you got 60 seconds. If there's one thing you would recommend healthcare business owners to do this week to grow their businesses, what would it be and why? Have an email list. Look after the people who who are on that email list. Don't blast them with all of your sales tactics. Give them a reason to follow you and do that across the board. Create connection and break people's objections. Those are the two things that are really important whether you're doing live videos, whether you're doing a course. If you're giving them the same program that you did, tell them the story about how long it took you to to get to that point or what your process looks like so that they can relate to it. And that's building a relationship. Yeah. And then and then work in the, the breaking the objections. Like I'm never going to be able to earn that amount of money or um, I can't charge that much. That's way too expensive. They're all objections that people have in the back of their head that if you can understand that and you can find those objections that they have and you can break that and you can convince them that they can break that as well, then that's like the step before they get to you. So yeah, for anyone listening, mm. email lists are great for doing that. Live videos are great for doing that. Content is great for doing that. You know, content needs to either break an objection or create a connection. And uh, if yeah. you're not doing those things, then it's just noise, really. <laughs> yeah, people people are their own worst enemies. The, the thing that stops people getting success is themselves. The difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is, I don't know where I heard this, but it's this. it's not my original thought, is that, people who are successful are willing to tolerate the things that you're not and they're unwilling to tolerate the things that you are. And that's the difference across the board in everything. It's not this unfairness. It's that you really want to watch the latest episode on Netflix and they really want to make more money. They're not happy with how their body is. You would just like to have a nicer body, but they have pain from not having it. So they push to achieve that thing. And sometimes we forget that uh, as the consumer, but more so as the coach or the consultant or health professional is how do we facilitate a person taking action with us so that we can then facilitate them getting a result and content brings them in value keeps and engages them. And then the offers and the selling actually helps them to take the action. If it was as simple as just saying, hey, would you like my services? Then we wouldn't have all of the problems we have in any area, whether it was people not having enough money, people not being happy, people not being healthy, because they could just Google it and get the answer and do it. To to get the success, they need to take the jump. It's that discomfort that makes them go, should I better do something about it? And I always find that my most successful clients are the ones who pay up front. Um, when we speak to them mm. because they've kind of got like this crap, I better do something about it. I've just paid, you know, thousands of dollars. I'm going to take action. Whereas whenever I would give these really low payment plans to help people, 
ironically, I just enabled them further because they never took action because they, they didn't have enough discomfort from taking the action to actually use it to do something about it, which is why gyms make most of their money from people not going because it's too easy to just be like, oh, I'll get to the gym. Whereas if it's like I'm paying a thousand bucks a month for my personal trainer on a year long contract, I better flip and go. You know what I mean? Versus <laughs> 30, 30 bucks a week. You're like, eh, you know? So no, that's interesting. Uh, that was really good. Thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. How can uh, our audience connect with you online? Yeah, cool. So um, I'm on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook. You know, I've got a website. It's all fat for weight loss. So spelled out fat for weight loss, not with a four in the middle. It's just <laughs> fat for weight loss. And it's .com.au awesome. is my website. And if you want to jump over to my website, and create either the chocolate chip cookies or the keto bread. Those two recipes are going to blow your mind. And if you're into the ketogenic diet, if that's your thing, then hopefully. <laughs> uh, but if not, just replace the erythritol with normal sugar and they're still good cookies. So that's, yeah. that's where you can find me. Awesome. Thank you so much. We'll definitely have that in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show. And um, we'll speak soon. I've got, I've got some ideas. I want to connect with you about. You take care. Yeah, thank you. Thank, uh, and I appreciate it for coming on the podcast. I, I, I really appreciate it. No worries. Loved having you. Now, if you want to find out more information on how you can grow your healthcare business, I want you to get a copy of my book. You can visit practicemasterymethod.com where I talk about the nine accelerators on how to grow a seven-figure healthcare business or add seven figures to your revenue. There are free training. There's free resources uh, that'll be shared in the show notes as well. So go and check those out. Uh, And as always, keep at it, keep hustling uh, because we've got people to help, money to make and freedom to have. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to the show. If you like the episode, please hit subscribe and leave us a review. I'd really appreciate it as it helps us get our episodes out to more people just like you who want to know how to increase their revenue, impact more people and build businesses that work for the lifestyle they want. Now, I know your time is valuable and I know that you are here to learn the secrets to success in your health business. So I have something special for you just for checking out the episode. Now, if you're a health professional, coach or trainer in business, and you're serious about growing a profitable, impactful business, then pay attention. Because as a listener of the show, I want you to win. And so I've created a host of resources available exclusively for listeners of the show. So if you're tired of trying to figure out this game of business, marketing, and sales all on your own, and you're ready to just implement what's already proven to work rather than reinventing the wheel, I want you right now to go and check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. That's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. And there you'll find over $5,000 worth of trainings, resources, and coaching available only for listeners of the show. Again, that's healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider. There I'll give you resources on everything from how to acquire 10 times more of your ideal clients using social media and paid ads, even referrals, how to increase your client conversion into packages at an 80 to 90% conversion rate like me, how to retain your clients for longer, getting them better results and making them happier, how to increase your prices and charge a premium to work with you and how you can build a six, multi-six, even seven-figure practice just like I did, but with a tenth of the time and a tenth of the effort. What I want you to realize is that everything I teach comes from exactly what I did to have success and still have success in my own health business, and I want to share that with you so you can have success too. So go check out healthcarebusinesssecrets.com forward slash insider right now and let me help you win big in your health business. Also remember to subscribe for two episodes every week full of the secrets to have success in your health business as well as leave us a review so we know what you thought of the show. And I'll see you on the next episode.